The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, A rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do. I, I know what I shall do so that when I'm removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. To the first, he said, how much do you owe my master? He replied, 100 measures of olive oil. He said to him, here's your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for 50. Then to another, he said, and you, how much do you owe? He replied, 100 measures of wheat. He said to him, here is your promissory note, write one for 80. And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Well, this parable uh, is commonly thought to be one of the most difficult ones to try to explain and preach on. Um, so we're going to dig right into it. Um, if we recap it, uh, we certainly know it. But So there's a steward who acts on behalf of some very, someone very wealthy, and that wasn't uncommon uh, back in those days, somebody that had great wealth would have others that would really manage it and they wouldn't review it all the time. Um, and so that's what we have here. And uh, it's rep reported that he squandered the property, he wasted it. Um, now this is where he starts to act in his own self-interest. Um, you know, I guess I've typically thought of this parable um, about individuals. Uh, and I was kind of amazed as I dug into this a little bit. The amount that's owed is actually pretty substantial. Uh, it works out to, uh, in olive oil, 900 gallons of olive oil. Uh, and the, uh, the quantity of wheat is over a thousand bushels of wheat. So in olive oil terms, that's 146 trees. And with regard to wheat, it's 100 acres. So this isn't a small amount. This is, uh, this is kind of commercial uh, business that these, uh, in, these people are managing. And so the steward is overlooking this. And so uh, we're really dealing with, you know, some more, more sophisticated people than just individuals. Um, the other thing that strikes you is why the disparent, the, the different levels, the 50% and the 80%? And this is somewhat of an indication of really the motives behind what the, uh, the landowner really, when he was commending. Uh, 
things that I've read along this line, I mean, you typically might say, and it's true, he's trying to reduce the debt so that he'll be friends with people when he's out, when he's not the steward anymore. And that's obviously the answer. But he's doing it in a very calculated way. He's dealing with business people, right? I mean, th these are people that run small businesses, and the steward is managing them. They'll see right through him just discounting what they have. He really takes into account the difficulty and risk of growing a wheat crop versus olive oil. Olive oil was a much more uh, regular crop. It was tolerant of droughts. So you could count on your production of olive oil better than you could count on your yearly wheat harvest. So the steward is being very smart about discounting in a way that the individuals will say, well, you were fair when you did that. No one will take account. He was really very smart about how he went about discounting and helping the people that he was managing. And that really, I think, is at the root of why the landowner commends the steward. Now, this goes further, and so I love it when our first reading and the gospel kind of help us understand this. So in Paul's message to the Philippians, he's really saying, uh, lead a moral life. And he goes on to this wonderful line, their God is their stomach. They're just looking at what they need on earth and there's nothing more to it. There's no moral integrity. There's nothing with the natural law of looking to see what God has placed in their hearts, what is right and wrong. Their God is their stomach. Um, so I was thinking about how to mentally, you know, think what's going on here. And, and of course, like I always do, I like look at these words in our reading. And back in the gospel reading, uh, the word squander um, it really has uh, a connotation of throwing money up in the air, wasting it, just, just wasting it. That's how much squandering. Well, um, the image that came to me was uh, that of um, what you see on TV, how to make it rain. You've got a big block of bills and, and you're moving it out and and, and dollars are going up and they're falling all over. And I, I thought, you know, how, how, do you, how do you make it rain with dollars? And of course, if you type that into Google, you'll come to <laughs> some site that tells you how to do that. And uh, it was fascinating, I was reading through that, and just to kind of go through the three basic points. Um, you hold the money in one hand in an orderly stacked pile. You peel the money off in a motion that resembles an I'll stay signal in blackjack. It says try to go as quickly as possible at a speed you can maintain evenly. More your hand holding the pile to the left and right, making it rain all around you. Walk around leaving a trail of rain wherever you go. And finally it says maintain a carefree and arrogant continence while making it rain. Act like this is just your normal Tuesday afternoon 
and the ground being rained on by you isn't worthy of your footsteps, much less your cheddar. Well, uh, it, the uh, site that I was on, it said um, it was a wiki how to do anything, and you could type in whatever you wanted in the anything. So I said, well, how do you make it rain graces? Well, it didn't have anything. <laughs> that wasn't in there. Out of all the things they said you can talk about, how do you make it rain graces? Well, so I was thinking about that, and uh, I guess just having a visual, because what we do is we want to learn from the things on this earth that seem, you know, frivolous, that, you know, they don't have make a lot of sense. So if we're trying to make it rain, we, maybe we should learn something from the stewards of that money and how we apply it to our own life. So I was thinking about the rosary. Um, I try to carry my rosary with me all the time. Um, and even if I'm not using it, I've got it in my pocket. And so the visual that I had was, well, you have the rosary, and you're holding it, you're using it, and even if it's mentally, and you know you have it, um, the second step is you walk around praying, leaving a trail of graces wherever you go. And you maintain a humble, cheerful countenance. And you live, not just act, for everyone around you. So you bring love and you bring kindness everywhere that you're going. And you're making it rain. You're bringing rain down from heaven wherever you go. We need to learn lessons in life of where people are squandering things and how we can be just as smart and how we can apply things on a regular basis to bring graces back into our life all the time. So from this, let's think about bringing down rain. You know, rain down, rain down, rain down your love on your people. That's the way we need to live our life every single second. That's, that's living with continuous, constant prayer. Let's stand and offer our petitions.